Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Uh, we, uh, John Garrity runs a website called Publin, which is a guide to Dublin pubs. But today he's demonstrating his love of the Dublin boozer right now. He's in the middle of visiting every pub in Dublin city centre. That's 240 of them. A 35 kilometre long pub crawl. John, good afternoon to you. Hi, Sean. How are you uh, uh, Where are you now? What number are you at? I am at number, I think, about 206 at the moment. I'm kind of in the general Parnell Street region. I'm, I'm ducking into a park here. Right, so I okay. So talk to you and take a little bit of a break. Uh, fair juice. So w- where did you start? How did you kind of plan out your route? So I started at half seven this morning um, outside the Barbers in Grange Gormand, which is a bar, not a Barbers. <laughs> so I kind of came up with the idea because I've done a walk before where you cross Dublin without passing a pub, which is kind of mentioned in, in Ulysses by Joyce mm. as a, a good riddle or a good trick somebody could do. So I've done that before and I've done a podcast episode about it. So I kind of wanted to do what the opposite of that was, which was to try and visit every single pub in Dublin, but... I have a low attention span, so it's best to try and just knock it all out in a day. So I got a list of all the pubs in Dublin from a website called Every Pub in Dublin by a pub enthusiast called Key and Duffy. I whittled that down. I put it into mapping software that couriers usually use to, to make the most uh, straight line between all of their stops. And uh, I got that going last week and then decided I'll just do it on Tuesday. So I just right. set off this morning, half seven, and I have not stopped walking for the last seven or so hours. My word. Now, before people start texting, John, John isn't stepping, pawling into these places and having a pint in every one. <laughs> Obviously, he'd be dead now. Uh, he's visiting the pubs. Um, and did you have parameters, John, as to what constitutes a city centre and wh- and indeed what constitutes a pub? Well, I kind of had to, I had to rely on my own knowledge for that. So city centre, I guess, is Dublin 1, Dublin 2, and I've kind of been veering into Dublin 7 and 8. So I kind of stretched all the way out to Thomas Street, if you're familiar with okay. Arthur's Pub out there. I went down to the Docklands as far as uh, the IFSC. Um, and then between the canals, I think, is what most Dubliners would say is uh, is the city centre. And I've kind of been generous because I don't want people calling me up on it. I'm only going to do this one. <laughs> so I want to hit as many of the pubs as possible. And I'm kind of considering pubs, maybe not hotel bars mm. as pubs, but, you know, the ones that we would all consider as traditional um, or having, you know, having the uh, the look of a Dublin pub that you might uh, export abroad. Yeah. So that's kind of like, that's a vague criteria, but sure, I'm the one that's setting, so that's all that matters. Really. Well, now, fair enough. And, and, and in that, and I think people would understand what you mean by a traditional pub, are those numbers shrinking, John? They are a little bit, I think. I think, you know, we used to see a few pubs in Dublin City shutting and a cocktail bar or something like that might take its place. But I think there's been a little bit of a, a renewal in terms of pubs that have closed and have reopened, have retained or renewed some of the old character. Like if you take, for example, the Flowing Tide on uh, on Abbey Street, mm. that's an old pub, you know, it used to be very associated with the Abbey Theatre. Uh, actors would go in and drink there. Then that closed, and a lot of people were thinking, oh God, you know, what's going to happen to it? But reopened and it looks better than ever and done a great job with it still very traditional it's still just about getting your pint and your toasty and uh, there's no there's no faff to it but it looks the part it's got some lovely snugs as well right so that's kind of like that, that's a bit uh, of positivity for the future I think, okay that's good and but say well it were like when pubs and i don't want to talk specifically about the flowing tide but when those kinds of pubs were closing down where were people going what was you know what was seen, deemed to be more attractive for customers 
Well, I suppose, um, you know, brunch spots, cocktail bars, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think publicans have always been acutely aware that they're not just competing uh, with each other for money. They're they're competing with other forms of entertainment. People staying at home, you know. Pubs, uh, pubs might have become cocktail bars, but other people, you know, might have drank at home instead, and that's what publicans are competing against. But mm-hmm. I think there's probably a renewed sense that uh, having a drink at home with a bottle of wine, you know, you can't really compare that to the pub experience. And so I think, you know, there's still a long uh, long shelf life for most pubs, most traditional pubs. They've got a very unique brand. Yeah. It can't really be. Yeah, we had notions for a while. That's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did we're the, back to basics. Has the advent of craft beer, though, helped in that regard, John? I suppose so. I think, like, a lot of the, the new pubs that are opening have a, a much bigger selection of, of beers to drink, and it's kind of a bit of an experience. There's a new pub that I was in on Queen Street near Smithfield called Fidelity. They've got they've done an amazing job with the interior of the pub. They've got you know 24 beers or something like that on tap, mostly produced by the the brewery that owns it, and all the taps are are set to the perfect temperature for each of those beers. So it's kind of a more of a user experience. But craft beer brings something a bit new to mm. pubs, I think. Yeah, but it can still feel like a traditional pub as well, with a you know absolutely all, you can all, have all a, that kind of stuff. Triple hopped grapefruit sour in you know in the palace bar. If you <laughs> <laughs> do, you have favourites, or are you allowed to name them? I do, I always have favourites. I think I love the Lord Edwards in Christchurch. I don't know. It just feels very homely, very mm. untouched. Um, there's a pub in Stony Batter called Tommy O'Gara's that I love. You know, it doesn't look anything special, but it's just uh, it's a feeling a place gives you. And the, the staff are lovely in there. They always drop your pint down. But it's, you know, it's nothing spectacular. You might not bring a tourist in there, but it's kind of the best of Irish hospitality, I feel. Yeah. But those two would stand out, and probably the flowing side as well. I do like that. Right. Yes, indeed. Yeah, because there are a lot of, the, in, in, in kind of in the suburbs in Dublin, there still survive a lot, of, uh, a lot of pubs that haven't changed that much. They're friendly, people know each other, and you get table service, which is even better. Absolutely, it's kind of a, it's a there's a social scene that you get in suburban pubs that you might not get in city centre ones. City centre pubs, some of them will have their their regular clientele, but it's kind of people slitting between them. Whereas in the suburbs, you've got very much a community feel. Clubs meet there, you know, uh, sports organisations, knitting circles, what have you. Um, so people kind of get to know each other a bit better in suburban pubs, mm. and they provide you know a function that uh, you know that where there's no other facilities in the area. Yeah. That pub. Yeah, uh, we'll, and, we'll function with that. and it's kind of often reminds me like in those communities like around Dublin, it's the same as in rural Ireland as well, that the pub is often the hub and when the pub can't survive anymore, it, it creates difficulties for the uh, the community as well. Though you, you'd be a fan of, of Mulligans on Pool Beg Street as well, John, would you? Yes, yeah, I love Mulligans. That was the, um, I did my first episode of the podcast about Mulligans on Pool Beg Street or specifically two American brothers whose ashes are in the grandfather clock at that pub. I'm not hmm. sure if you're familiar with that story. Yeah. But they, they loved the pub so much and they declared it to be the, the best pint of Guinness in the world that they found. And they were publicans themselves from Texas. And when one of them passed away, uh, one of his friends brought in some of the ashes to, to scatter on the floor outside and the barman said, no, look, let's put him in the grandfather clock. And then when, when his brother passed away, uh, his, uh, his twin brother, they put him in there as well with them. But, you know, it's great, that, that's it? the kind of devotion that pubs inspire people <laughs> yes. from, from here and abroad. And and the reason, actually, part of the reason why I asked you about Mulligans is that it's, it's an odd one in that it's kind of you wouldn't pass it. You'd have to be going down that street deliberately. You know, and and for many years, my assumption was it assumed it, it survived 
because it was right underneath the the Irish press and essentially the it was an yeah. Irish press pub. Uh, but then the Irish press obviously is no longer with us. Um, though I I wandered past it and seen people who used to work in the Irish press still there, so probably yeah, the, I think it still has the the uh, the connections with journalism and mm. you know, like you say, that pub is is kind of off the beaten track and it was always in the uh, in the shadow of all the buildings around us when it was the the Theatre Royal was next door, then the yes. very ugly Department of Health and Apollo House um, would kind of shield us from the more uh, the more beaten track around the area. So people would have to know, but I think people have known because it's been open since 1834 or so. Or so so you, I suppose people can can build up a tradition of going there without necessarily having to, to walk by it. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's outlived all those uh, other institutions. The, the, just going back to what you were saying before, you did you, you did this uh, um, walk based on the reference in Ulysses to walking around Dublin without passing a pub. How difficult was it to, to plan that one out? Well, the, the work was done for me on that one. Um, somebody else had, had written a computer program to find the route. So I think they did it in about 2012, and I started doing the walk a few years later. But I've had to make a few additions myself, because there's our, there are some areas that you walk down, say Harcourt Street, where there's a few grey areas where you might pass by a hotel bar or a club mm. under the Gaelga. So we've had to, to change the route a bit to go through Molly, the Museum of Literature Ireland, and make a few other additions as well. But there's, you know, there's another guy who's taken what I've done today to another extreme where he actually visited every single pub in Dublin city and county over the course of two years and had a pint in them. Wow. And also got, uh, and he wasn't a Dubliner either. He was a, a Japanese man named Yuya Abe who was just here studying and working wow. for two years. He visited every single pub and visited the last one on the night before he flew home to Japan. My so word. I'll be doing an episode on him at some point as well. He, you should. He eclipse me in my... Uh, what before they put his ashes into, <laughs> into Mulligan's <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, John, thanks for talking to us today and uh, best of luck with the rest uh, of your trip today. That's uh, John Geraghty there, the founder of Publin, uh, which is the Dublin pub guide, which is a website, plus also, uh, as John was saying, uh, he has a podcast uh, of the same name. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.